Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. At the beginning of September 2023, I was asked by Pets Plus Magazine to assist as a contributing editor with their big annual survey. I jumped at the opportunity because I love their pet industry trade publication. The collaboration allowed me to give my expert opinion on question formatting and my honest feedback on the results. Nearly 500 self-verified independent pet retailers and service providers across the U.S. took the 2023 survey. And the results were fascinating, like that someone got into a fistfight with their thieving ex-partner. Yikes! That's just one of the many interesting stories included in the results. However, there is so much data that it could just make your head spin. But don't worry, because in today's episode, I'm chatting with Pets Plus Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Pamela Mitchell, and we'll break it all down for you. The entire survey was just published in their November-December issue, so I wanted to chat with Pam before the end of the year. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. This interview and discussion is long overdue on the Boss Your Business podcast. My special, special guest today is Pamela Mitchell, the editor-in-chief of Pets Plus Magazine. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, Pamela. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. 
Pet Boss Nation's relationship with Pets Plus has been a long relationship now, almost seven years. <laughs> I think we've been industry friends. And I've participated in lots of different ways with Pets Plus Magazine, and you've also collaborated so much with us that that's why I say like, this is long overdue. It's been years of industry friendship, and now we are finally together. Yes. And I, I'm excited to be here today to talk about the Pets Plus Big Survey for 2023. Yes, that big, big, massive survey. My magazine just arrived, the November, December issue, and it is full of little sticky tabs as I combed through the big survey. And I'll tell you that it is beautiful. Even my husband saw it. I was showing it to him and he was like, wow, I love all the graphics and how they, they made the information look so easy to read and friendly. And it is, it is chock full with great advice. And we're going to dive into all of that. Before we do though, I wanted to just, let's introduce you. I want to make sure that our listeners know who you are and how you contribute to the magazine. So you actually have, have been part of the magazine for a while. You've helped launch it into the pet industry as a trade publication. And it's really evolved into so much more than just a print magazine. Uh, you have, uh, I, I like to call it that multimedia powerhouse is what Pets Plus really is. You have this amazing website full of great digital content. Plus you have a private Facebook group with over 2,600 pet pros in it. And you launched a sample box program, which honestly, I'm a little jealous of the sample box program. I really wanted to do that. <laughs> and then you guys rolled out with a really, really cool one and I can't get one. <laughs> so. I know. And I, 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 I do feel bad. We have a lot of friends who are just industry friends that I would love to be able to send a box to because they are so freaking cool. But you know, it's an advertising sponsored program and yeah. we have to make sure that each box gets into the hands of someone who actually can order products for their store. Yeah, that sample box is a really cool idea so that brands can get into the hands of those retailers, like you just said, and they can really feel and touch the products and decide if they want to bring it in. So that's fantastic. Like I say, we it helps us keep keep the lights on at Pets Plus, the sample yeah. box program. We love it. And we're so grateful to our advertisers and to the readers who sue who take the boxes and do the surveys and support the program. And Pets Plus has won 23 major trade journalism awards and your young life as a magazine. That is so impressive. And it's it's such a reflection on the team that we have. You'll if you if you look at our awards page, you'll see that a good chunk of it are one for design, like Joey was saying. It's a gorgeous magazine. And Victor Cantal, who is our uh, designer who did the illustrations for the big survey, I just, I said to him, I'm like, I want to do something with performance and I want to do something with cars. And what he came back with was just so whimsical and charming. And it helps take something dry like statistics and really bring it to life. So I was super grateful for that. And so that's really those awards, whether they're design or for our e-bulletin, which we've won awards for our e-bulletin. We've won editorial content awards. We've won cover awards for, you know, our amazing pickup covers. So I'm really, I'm really proud of all of that. But our company puts that effort in and makes sure that we get the recognition that we deserve. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's talk more about Pets Plus as a trade publication in the pet industry and its role here. So we are, like you said, we're a trade publication for the pet industry, but we're, we're very different in that we are almost entirely pure source. So we have something called the Pets Plus Brain Squad, which is 2,500 strong, and it's independent pet retailers and service providers from across the country. And every month they take the Pets Plus 
Brain Squad survey and answer questions. And we use the answers for the upcoming issues. And so it could be like, what are your hot sellers? Could be something as simple as a letter to the editor. The cover I'm working on, the lead story I'm working on right now is about how to do business better at trade shows. So we asked our readers to tell us, you know, what are some things you wish you could improve? And actually that idea came out of our, our Facebook group of some um, complaints about people about trade shows and we turned it into a lead story. So Pets Plus really stands apart as someone, as a magazine has a connection to the independent pet retailer and service provider. And we're, we're really proud of that. We really, we wouldn't be where we are today without our readers and without all of those retailers and service providers. Oh, and I do have an, I do want to, we have the exception to that, which is, which is some of our columnists such as yourself, but, you know, we try to use columnists who are speaking from authority and experience. So you were a pet business owner, you were a multi-pet business owner, and you sold your, your pet businesses for a bazillion dollars and, and segued into what you do now. But even your consulting and coaching company is strictly focused on the pet industry. So we love having you as a voice because we feel like you're not just dropping in and doing search and replace from... I don't know, garden store to pet store, like you live and breathe the pet industry as well. So I think it's a great partnership and we so appreciate having you on board. Yeah. That, thanks so much for saying that. I think I was t- uh, adding it up. I think I've, there's a chance I've written over 50 columns. Well, and <laughs> about all the videos that you did. And the videos, the webinars for all the year, yep. all those years and interviewing a lot of the America's coolest winners, which actually I want to give a shout out to Chris Clausen, who is in the issue for the November, yes. December issue from Bridger Animal Nutrition. She's also a Pet Boss Club member. She's been with us for a couple of years as a client. And so it's exciting to see her featured as well, um, just after the big yes. survey She's right there. And she has yeah. an amazing story. And it, it's so funny because every year I, I email you and I'm like, well, you got another five winners in your club. <laughs> but I think it's just, it's, it's just an indication of, you know, how, how they achieve success with, with, with your help. And how many issues do you publish a year? So we do six now. We originally did 10 and we narrowed it down to six so that we could focus on additional things. Then the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> which all of us had to modify our business from the when the pandemic happened. And I was really excited because it gave us space for Desiree Lynch, the publisher, and I to come up with the sample box program, which the timing for that was perfect because trade shows weren't happening and retailers still wanted to get products in their hands and buy products. So we do six issues. We do, we're doing 12 sample boxes in 2024. Wow. And that doesn't include the ones that are going to be double. So instead of 200, there'll be 400 going out for the trade show ones. So we've got some exciting partnerships coming up. We'll be announcing soon. But yeah, six print issues. We are still in print. We will always be in print. We're excited about that. Sample box, digital products, all that kind of fun stuff. I, this is making me realize that, uh, you know, I want to mention that we are going to link to the survey and we could link to your Facebook group. And then I want to also share how people can sign up for the sample box to potentially get one. We'll link to that, all of that in our show notes at petboss.com forward slash episode 108. Do you have a, an, a short URL for the sample box to share? Yes. It's just petsplusmag.com slash sample box. And it has all the criteria and they, and, and, you know, I do invite people to, to apply for the program because we do like to have new people getting the box every single time because the advertisers want to reach new people. We have some brands that have been in, gosh, probably like seven or eight boxes. So they want to be sure that they're reaching new retailers. So please do apply. And if we have any questions, we'll reach out and ask you 
for more information. Yeah, I love that. Now, your role at Pets Plus is varied, and I feel like you wear a ton of hats there. <laughs> so what's your core responsibilities at Pets Plus? Um, yes, I wear lots of hats. Uh, I am in charge. I'm an editor-in-chief, so I'm responsible for all the, all the editorial content that goes into each print issue. Any editorial content that goes on the website. I also facilitate with brands getting all the press releases over to our digital team to post because you know, for us, that's news. So if a brand sends a press release that they've got a new shampoo line, we don't want to wait until it runs in print to tell retailers about it. We want to be able to post it within 24 hours and then we share it on all of our socials and it goes out in our e-bulletin. So I I sift through a lot of press releases every day. (laughs) Um, I also, as you mentioned, we have the Pets Plus Facebook community. So I admin that and that's been a great resource for us in terms of we, I do additional reporting in there. This is I've been a journalist for 30 plus years. And if you had told me I would be doing a huge chunk of my reporting on Facebook when I was a 23 year old have reporter in the newsroom, I would have said, well, for, I would have said, what is Facebook? Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's just really changed how we do our jobs. And so I love that we have a robust community where people can contribute to stories that way as well. But yeah. And then the sample box program, I'm the editorial contact for the sample box program, along with Rachel Phelps, who does a lot of admin work on that. So if somebody's like, I didn't get my sample box, then, you know, I refer her to them or, you know, find out exactly where it is. And we have tracking numbers for everything. So on any given day, I could be doing 50 different things, but I love my job. So and I love our readers. So it's all, it's all fun for me. Yeah. Well, and you're in one of the best industries, the pet industry. What do you love about working here? Working in the pet industry? I mean, I love pets as I I don't know if anybody knows this, but I got my start at Dogster Magazine and you might not know what Dogster Magazine is, but it used to be Dog Fancy, Cat Fancy. And I was the digital editor for Dogster.com. So I was very consumer facing. So it was kind of a switching, switching hat collections completely to go from consumer to business. So now I'm on the, the trade publication pet business side of it. And it's been an amazing learning curve. And I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to all of our readers for, for bringing me along. Cause it's, it's just the most fulfilling part of this job, I think is the ongoing communication I have with readers and retailers. And I, I will say that I got an email from a retailer the other day who has been reading the magazine since 2017. And I was like, Oh, chopping onions. It was so lovely. And it was just like, you don't understand how much pets plus has helped my business and how much you as a person have, had an impact on my career. And it was just, it's so fulfilling. Not that it wasn't fun. I used to be an entertainment reporter. Not that it wasn't fun to talk to all those people, but to really see the impact that we have, to see someone on social media put a tip into action and we're like, you know, like, I don't know if you remember, we had the America's Coolest Winner did the treat shoot. They built a treat shoot into their checkout desk. And then I started to see treat shoots popping up across the country. And I was like, that is so cool. Like we did that. We didn't do the treat shoot. But our role is to be the aggregator of all of these voices so that our readers, retailers, and service providers can learn from each other. So so that that's really fulfilling for me. True, true, true. What do they say? When, when you love what you do, it's not work, I guess. I don't know. It's still work. <laughs> still work. Yeah. <laughs> I've never bought into that. It's still work. <laughs> still work. <laughs> so speaking of work, this survey likely was not an easy lift. I know that you and I probably started talking about it few months ago or a couple months ago, you know, on my end working with you on this survey, but I'm sure you and your team started even sooner than that. So 
let's just segue right into the big survey of 2023. Why does Pets Plus conduct this survey? So I don't know if everyone's too familiar with Smart Work Media, which is our parent company, but um, it started as a trade publication for independent jewelers. So we started in jewelry. So there's in-store magazine and then came Envision magazine, which is sort of the Pets Plus for eye care professionals. And then Pets Plus came out and Envision and in-store have done the big survey for, actually, I think in-store has done the survey for 20 years now. Like they have a wealth of data that they can pull from. So I saw it for the first five years and I was like, that's so cool. Oh my God, that's so much work, I bet. And then finally, 2000 or 2020, 2022, we decided, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do our first big survey. And it, it's just, it's so much fun. It is a ton of work. And, you know, I think it, everyone would agree at Pets Plus, we've been, become known for our surveys and it's the biggest survey. I think this year we only had 60 questions, which, you know, it's better than 70 for last year. So we, we narrowed it down a bit. So we do it so that, and we've sort of learned why we do it after the fact is that because retailers and service providers say to us that it's a way for them to see where they are. It's a way for them to benchmark. It's a way for them to figure out, okay, well, am I on track for this? If I'm not on track, is it because I'm off the track and I'm like way ahead of everybody? I'm an outlier or is it because I need to be making changes to my business so that I am on track? And I, I really feel like I'm going to, I'm going to gush on you for a bit here that I sent you the survey questions and said, could you just give them a read and make sure we're asking them in the correct way so we get the right answers. So if we're asking about margin, how do we ask that so that they're not thinking we're talking about markup or something else? Because we want to get information in that's valuable. So you went through the questions and you can speak to this and you made many amazing suggestions on how to fine tune them. And when all the results came back to us, we shared those with you. And then you went through just the performance section. And as I've mentioned before, I kind of want to get you to do all the sections with us next year. But you went through performance and you said, okay, well, this is what this number means and why it's important, or this is why it's not important. And this is what you should focus on. And you gave some really great actionable tips throughout the section where people could get improvements in those particular areas. And that was very much so appreciated because that's what we hear from retailers and service providers is that I didn't know if what I was doing was where I needed, was what I needed to be doing, was what I, you know, it helped me compare my business to others of like kind and like size. And the one thing that I will say is that you have to be qualified to take the survey. We had nearly 500 independent pet retailers and service providers take the survey. So you answer the self-qualifying question in the beginning. So this, there's no one from PetSmart answering this question. So you're comparing yourself to other businesses of your relative size and relative revenue. So I think that's why we do it. So we can really, people can be, feel like their businesses are being seen. They can track themselves and they can start to build off that and improve. Yeah, I love that. And I was happy to be involved. I'd be happy to do the other sections because it's so interesting for me too, to, to see where people fall and how the results come in because it only helps guide me too as a business coach and how to help support them. So I, I, I'm happy to do that. So right, I got you on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got me on record. And I do want to, since we're talking about yeah. the entire country, I do want to mention that the American Pet Products Association is our sponsor of the big survey last year. They're our sponsor this year and we, we couldn't have done it without their support. We are now finally diving into some of the highlights of this big survey. And I want to cover a few 
things, areas, like we want to talk about some key findings and insights. We're going to cover opportunities and challenges that we discovered. We want to talk about how this data can be utilized and the future outlook of the pet industry and what this data can tell us. And at first, though, I love this whole car reference. <laughs> I love that you've already brought mentioned a little bit earlier that you're, you know, that the I think the illustrator was it or the designer. So um, we we typically don't have for the first year we didn't really have a theme because it was our first survey and it was kind of just like throwing all the questions out there. Uh-huh. And the second year it was like, well, do you want to have a theme? And the theme that our sister magazines went with didn't work in the pet industry, which sometimes happens. Which is a great thing about our company is if it works for one magazine. It may work for another and we find success, but if it doesn't, they don't shove it down our throats. So I said, okay, well, let's just focus on, we'll have the first section be performance. And then I thought performance, cars, whatever, and handed it over to Victor and he just had fun with it. So there are a few really fun questions throughout, maybe like four or five that have not as, you know, that are putting that theme into sort of the performance of your pet business. Yeah. It's very very light thing that we, we just used to have fun with the illustrations as well. Yeah. One of them is what make and model and year of automobile does your business most resemble and why? I love that one. I love that one. So many fun answers to that. There was a lot of really good answers to that one. And then how would you describe your driving style at trade show and distributor shows? (laughs) That's really awesome. I had never thought of that. That's great. So there's many, many here, but not many, but a few to go off of. And and even though we're going to get into some of the data and the numbers now, there's still just some really interesting questions and stories. That was another thing I want to highlight too of this. This isn't just data that's been compiled, but you did ask for responses to things like, tell us about your most memorable moment at a trade show that I thought was really, really fun to read. Those The answers where people talk about how they were either, you know, had a broken leg and had ordered too much on painkillers or got into a fight with their former business partner on the trade show and people were like, Oh yeah, I did. I, I put a sticky on. One on that one. <laughs> and then the person who, you know, sampled every type of, or every, every dog food in a line for a free t-shirt. Like it's just, we like to have fun. We don't like to just, you know, it's not, we're not ink magazine. We're not fortune. We are, we're pets plus we have fun while we're talking about business. Yeah. Another one was tell us briefly about when a customer or client left you speechless. I like that one too. So, I mean, the the parts of these stories and why I think the survey is so great is that it allows pet professionals to, I think, see themselves in a lot of other pet professionals and pros. They know they're not alone. I mean, I know as a former retailer, dog daycare owner, that one I was reading the good, the bad, the weird. I was like, I kind of think a lot of this, a lot of similar ones have happened to me over the decades that it didn't really seem that weird, you know? <laughs> Maybe not to you, but sometimes I read these and I'm like, you know, like the the dog walker who went to pick, pick up the the dog and found the husband with someone who was not his wife. Oh. <laughs> like stuff like that. Awkward. Yeah. I know. It's like, oh, I bet she probably got a huge Christmas present that year from them. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, there's a lot of really funny stories in there. And I don't remember who, one of our readers the other day said, could you just do like a whole issue on True Tales and Pet Peeves, which are two of our yeah. regular issues in the magazine. And it's just, it's very similar kind of content. So I'm glad that we can break up stats and charts with something that makes people laugh. Totally. All right. So what, let's go in there. What are some key findings from this year's survey? We talked about this, like one of the things that I, the first thing that we, we jump into the survey with was that, you know, the question based on the first six months, based on the first six month months of this year, how do you expect your total sales for 2023 to compare to 2022? 
And 53, 53% of people said either up or way up. And I really like the context that you provided on that. Do you want to, because to me, I'm like, that's awesome. That's amazing. But yeah. uh, not, but you additionally. Yeah, but there is a but. Context. Yes, there is a but. And I like there that you provide this context. So you want to expand on that a little bit? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, there was great growth and we always want to see growth, but kind of like at why is the growth happening? And so I just wanted to to call out that there have been so many price increases across the pet products and even just wages going up that really raising your, you know, you might've raised your prices because your expenses increased. So naturally, if you're just pulling sales reports, your sales are going to be elevated as well. And so it's important to really understand why your revenue is up, is it because of the price increases or were you able to actually improve your selling strategies and sell more to more customers? And did you actually increase your market share? Like, did you get more customers coming into your business? So things to think about, and it's, it's still good that you had growth. I mean, and and it's, you know, the flip side of this is that high five to everybody who actually implemented the price increases too, because I oftentimes see a lot of retailers who they're so busy that it, that maintaining those price increases in their and their software systems is so time consuming because you don't only have to change it off the new stuff coming in but you have to change what's on the floor and it, it is a full-time job sometimes managing all this inventory and so it can easily get put on the back burner but then you know week after week after week of things coming in that's really really eating into margins and your performance financial performance so good job to everybody who did do that though who has raised their prices so well and just in that performance section as well and we wanted to talk about and you had some commentary on this for the magazine too talking about owner salary or owner Mm -hmm. owner earnings so salary plus share of profit in 2022 and 44% took home $75,000 or more. And you had some context to add to that as well. And some congratulations for other people as too. Yeah. I mean, I think here I was excited to see that actually so many people are paying themselves. Um, you know, we we both run Facebook community groups and we, I feel like maybe once a quarter, at least a couple of times a year, we're getting that question of when did you guys start taking a paycheck? <laughs> at what point, you know, and sometimes it's, I didn't take a paycheck till year four, or I'm still not paying myself, you know? So I was actually really happy to see that so many people are on the payroll. And so I guess my advice is if you're not currently doing that, just start, start small, you know, start with something. Also, we had talked about just within the performance section, and we'll get into this a little bit later about what what trends that we see, but I really appreciated you providing this context because we talked about broken down by, by percentage, what were your product sales by department in 2022? And 6% of you, or 6% gift products for people in home is what we heard from you. But also when we asked the question, other than dog and cat products, in which product category did you see the biggest sales growth in 2022? And 59% of you said gifts. So I think that was, Candice, you had some great insight into that and some cheerleading that you wanted to do for people in direction on the gift category. Yeah. Okay. So I also, with, you know, talking to so many independent pet retailers that a lot of people give too much square footage to the low margin products, which is a missed opportunity. So the more kind of gift or high margin things you can sell, the more money you'll be able to put into your pocket. And then it still kind of balances itself out. So I did love to see that this is a fast growing category because you can usually get more margin out of it. 
And it also doesn't usually expire, <laughs> right? Very rare does it expire. So you'll have a longer shelf life with it. And it's, it makes you different. You can also usually in this category, kind of find things that can be unique to your customer base and your shoppers that you just can't find everything everywhere else. So helps, helps you, you stand also, out. And you also pointed out that you can private labeling, private labeling yeah. areas, which again, adds the unique product selection that people can have at their stores. There were some surprising and unexpected results as well. I think from my, my, some things that stood out for me were from this tracking perspective. I mean, again, I was impressed by the respondents for tracking their average sale. I was really impressed with that because we teach that that's an important metric to start to, to measure so that you can improve it. Right. And then your, your sales will go up because a, you know, great performing store is filled with great salespeople who can keep, keep the doors open. Right. So it keeps her helping customers to keep the doors open. But what has me worried here, honestly, is that their point of sale systems might be able to just give this to them easily. And so they might be now wondering, I know this number, I was able to fill it out for the survey, but now is the important piece is now what do you do with this information, right? How do you improve, improve your average sale? So a tip I'll just give ever our listeners here right now is that if you can get your customers to just buy one more thing, things will start to naturally go up. Okay. And it's easy. It feels easy, right? It doesn't feel like I've got to increase my average sale by an extra $4 or I need to sell so many more items to my customers. No, just try to sell one more thing and your average sale will naturally start to go up. So I was really impressed by that. And then another stat that I liked, again, that people were tracking was the square footage sales per square foot in your store. I, again, was impressed that people have this number, but when I look back at even my own pet business, now we were less than a thousand square feet and we did seven figures in that space. And that ends up being about a thousand dollars a square foot. To me, I was like, okay, well, I think that happened because we look back at how many, how much of my store, half of that square footage was low margin stuff. And the other half was high margin stuff. And so I had really higher priced things in there too. And so, and so all of it played a role in us selling more per square foot. Now, when we think about how much you're selling per square foot, actually the majority are not calculating this. Okay. But I was excited to see that people are, but 53% don't calculate it. So that's a huge missed opportunity. And I think they probably don't calculate it because they are unsure of what they'll do with it. Like, why would that matter? What am I going to do with this information? And what you'll be able to do with it is then look at, okay, well, if it's low on the low end, that could mean that you maybe need to start to, to, you have too big of a space. Maybe, maybe you don't need that much space, or maybe you don't actually have enough inventory to fill the whole space to maximize it, the opportunities that are there. Maybe you need to sell higher priced things to make a mix for the lower priced things. But it also can be broken down into by vendor by square foot, or even like looking at specific departments, like the square footage that your chewy area might take up within your store and how profitable is just the chewy area per square foot. So there's really a lot of different data that our listeners and your readers could dive into to start to one track it and then take actions to improve it and grow it. Because um, this is the science side behind retail, right? There's an art and a science to it all. And this is the science. Numbers don't lie. And numbers can help support you in your growth. Well, and I was also surprised that with our next question, we asked, what was your average labor, excluding owner salary to sales percentage in 2022? 
calculated labor cost divided by sales times 100. And we had 39% of people who do not track that as well. How easy is it? Not how easy, but if they do have a robust point of sale system, is this something that they should be able to set up reports on and they can get this on a regular basis? Because you had some advice for them on what to do with the numbers once they have them, but it sounds like more people need to be pulling these numbers. Yeah. Well, so this next question about taking labor and your sales is that now now you need also a financial software like QuickBooks, which every pet business needs to have some sort of financial software. Plus, I encourage you to have a point of sale system. So yeah, what you're going to do is you'll take your, you're going to take your gross sales divided by your labor costs and then multiply by hundred and you'll have your percentage that would be of your labor costs. So you'll need both of those pieces of software. And I think that that's for me, a, a huge, another opportunity for our small businesses is to not be afraid of software, not to be, not to not be afraid of tech to realize that that is a financial investment that they're making in their business and their success is to start to streamline some things in their business to find efficiencies and then also to look at the reporting and, and the data that your business can tell you the story that it can tell you so that you can actually make some positive change and impact um, towards well, and, mm-hmm. and you sh- you shared in the you shared in the uh, the survey results what spending too much on payroll will do okay yes all right so what's interesting about this number here and what it tells you is that with the people whose their their labor dollars are coming in at a low percentage like there are people who responded that have um 10% or less or 11% 13% um, because we wanted to fall between 16 and 20%. And so when you're less than that, uh, there's an opportunity there where you could pay your sales team actually more money because they're doing a great job. And and you actually might be the person that is the one selling. So you have room to pay yourself um, when you look at that. So if it's under 16%, there's room to bonus in and incentivize and reward the people who are there selling for you. If it's more than 20%, there's a chance that your, your team needs more sales training. And with some very simple tweaks, teach these at, you know, in our pet boss club with some simple tweaks, you'll be able to really grow your revenue, your gross revenue, but your labor costs don't go up anymore because your best salesperson is getting the same customers walking through the door as your worst performing salesperson. So what we wanted to do is get everybody up to the same level of selling so that, um, which will naturally grow your revenue without actually increasing your labor costs. So the percentage will get alignment then. Okay. So there are a lot of opportunities that we can see here in this survey, which is the great part of the survey, right? People know where they are and they know what's possible and where they could go. And there are a lot of challenges. And we're going to give you a little bit of self-love here, listeners and respondents, because the results when it came to the hiring section and the workforce section were pretty interesting. One of the very interesting stats was about how you would rate the overall quality of your applicants in 2023 compared to the five years before the pandemic. 61% said that it was either worse or much worse for the pandemic, the five years before, which might be true. I'm not in your stores looking at your applications coming in or not coming in. That's a significant number of people who you're saying that that you're probably not getting, you're not getting qualified people to come through your door. 
So my challenge for this, this is a challenge you're facing, but my challenge to you is to look at, are you attracting the right people to your business? Are you a business that people would actually want to work for? I mean, certainly there are population challenges. There are challenges with our workforce where now they might have to be caregivers. They can't find childcare. Maybe they're caring for, for um, their parents. I mean, there are certainly lots of reasons why people are not currently in the workforce, but you can still find qualified candidates out there. And so instead of feeling like you have to work a lot more, which, uh, and another response that, uh, or another question it's um, people said that 65% of people just say that they're doing more of the tasks themselves or they're putting more work on existing employees. So that is only going to burden and overwork the team that you currently have and yourself. So this is a huge opportunity for you to really look at, do you have a company that people would want to work for, first of all, and how, and if so, how are you communicating that with your job post or your recruitment? And what do you even have a recruitment process? Like, I like to think of it like that. Like I didn't, and when I had my pet business, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't think of my hiring process as recruiting. Like we have to, we have to inspire people to want to come work for us, especially in this kind of a job market, right? So do you have what someone would want working with you? And are you putting that vibe out there <laughs> to attract your ideal candidate? Are you even giving people a chance to show them who they really are and what they can do for you? Or are you just weeding them out too quickly? And then once they get there, yeah. And once they're there working with you, what kind of a process are you, you know, walking them through? Do you get to know them first? Do you get to see if like, maybe it's a good fit for both of you versus throwing training processes on somebody and, and learning things? Well, and I think that some of the questions that we ask, you know, if you have trouble hiring or or retaining staff, how are you making your business more attractive as an employer? You know, the the usual things that you would expect, increasing pay, offering career development, but a lot of readers talked about creating a corporate culture, which is that vibe that you're talking about. Yeah. And about how to make it a place where people want to work. And one of the sections of our survey, in addition to hiring your attention, um, we had benefits, pay and perks. Mm -hmm. And those benefits... Um, are not just health insurance. The perks are not just employee feeding. So I highly recommend that you take a look at the survey results and see some of the um, maybe expected, but also some unusual ways that people are creating a corporate culture and getting people who want to work for them because they feel like they're appreciated and that they're reimbursed or not reimbursed, but they're valued and they're compensated for what they bring, um, that it's not just about, and I thought this was super interesting that one of the the, the respondents pointed out that the, the challenges that she even faces as a millennial is that her fellow millennials are looking for, you know, higher pay. They were, they were put in, tra- put in track by their parents to go to college and get these, have student loans and to do these types of jobs, you know, so there's, some some people mentioned that benefits pay and perks that they have employee training programs or not just it's not just about learning from a brand about their product, but it could be about getting additional certifications or being able to pursue something that they want to learn more about, whether it's marketing or an art, from an artistic background. 
So I think there's a lot of opportunities in here. And in addition to that, we have this great graphic that is, what is your favorite interview question for teasing out whether a candidate may be a good fit for your business, which I just laughed out loud at some of these. I did. I love that one too. So, you know, if you were a finger, which one would you be in why? Which just made me laugh. And then I really like this one. You obviously like the outfit you chose to wear to this interview. If if I were a potential customer, how would you sell it to me? So I picked that one too. I was like, that was one of my great? favorite ones. I love it because it actually is like the person, it's it's a it's a comfy question, right? Like mm-hmm. you're setting them up for success already to win because they are they know that thing that you've just asked them to talk about. Right. Yeah. So anytime you tell somebody you like their outfit, I mean, it just is like, oh, thank you. And this, you yes. just set off on a good foot. So, yeah, so I like that question. So, too. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to me to hear that many of the respondents put the responsibility elsewhere on why they were having a hard time hiring, retaining. But there's also, also these moments of inspiration and joy in here where mm-hmm. respondents share their successes and they share how they were keeping people. They provide additional context. So, you know, I would, I would highly recommend. And like we said, with the survey, we help people see where they are and where they can improve or where they can do things differently. And I think there's a lot in this section because hiring was the number one challenge that, that y'all told us you face as pet business owners and top managers. So there's a, these sections are chock full of good, good advice. Yeah. And, you know, and true, it doesn't, I also want to point out in the same section, how difficult did you find hiring in 2023? 41% said it was somewhat difficult. It takes time, but I'm eventually able to make good hires. So even though the quality of the applicants is significantly worse, um, as you're saying, there's still hope. <laughs> Some of you are still finding people. It just takes time. So and then definitely a lot of good stuff. We need to get the 9% who said that not at all. I easily find qualified candidates. Yeah. We, need to, we need to tap their brains as well. Have yeah. Out yeah. Reach out to them and have them write some columns. <laughs> <laughs> have them write some columns. Okay. So that gives us to utilizing the survey data. We've, we've already highlighted on just reading it, understanding where you fall. I mean, obviously the respondents have taken this and figured this information out already, but if you haven't done that yet, you still have the opportunity to to grab, you know, your favorite beverage and a notebook and uh, sit and read through um, the whole survey. Um, but at, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it tells you, uh, where you are and where the potential is to go. Because like Pam's already said, I, I came in and helped with some of the answer options. And I want to tell you that every answer option is a viable answer option, right? Nothing is really unrealistic to exist. So when we look at the owner's salaries or the average sales or the total revenue, I mean, really anything is possible for you. You can't get there overnight though. It takes time. And, and so, and you have to, you know, implement what you're learning from the magazine or from listening to this podcast. Okay. So the last part I want to touch on here is just the future outlook of the pet industry. Um, Is there anything that you feel like from looking at the survey that you could, uh, if you had a crystal ball, (laughs) right? Uh, We, I guess we don't have the crystal ball. We have the survey. So what would be some things that are coming in the future you feel like for pet businesses? So we did ask the question, what do you think will be the next big breakout category in pet products or services? And Victor, our amazing designer did a really cool word cloud and the biggest words for products were, of course, freeze-dried, because we all know that freeze-dried and raw and air-dried and gently cooked are, are where it's at in terms of food. But I also love seeing everything cat. 
something that we hear from our readers often. They want more cat content. They want to see more cat products. And I think that's something that we've written a lot about is how to stop saying that your that cat customers don't spend money. It's might not be that you're not giving them the products that they want to spend money on. And Candace can kind of speak to that as well. So I was excited to see, you know, everything cat being something that respondents said they thought was going to be one of the next big breakout categories, which seems silly to say just cat. But I do think that we're seeing that I'm getting more press releases about cat products coming out. I'm getting more product submissions for the magazine. We're running more cat products and new and notable. So excited about that. On the services side, uh, wellness counseling was a big one that several people mentioned. And I think a lot of you do this in general, just as part of your uh, sales efforts for food. But many of you commented that you're making it a service that you provide at a fee. So people can come in and get advice if they want to buy dog, dog or cat food for a specific reason or for just for general health or life stage. But you're also doing more focused evaluations for your customers and pet parents. And I think that we see that in the various um, education programs. We, you know, some of our reading readers are getting their master's in animal companion science. They're going to various universities. They're really, you know, trying to make it so that they can work in partnership with vet with veterinarians for those customers who really do want their veterinary to be part of the nutrition conversation, which I know that's a whole other podcast yeah. topic that is totally. highly controversial. But those are some things that we saw. Creative grooming was another services that we saw. Transportation and ride share, which was interesting. So people who have pet resorts, adding that as the service, you know, just do you need us to take your dog to wherever? So we saw that as well. And then artificial intelligence, which I'll give a sneak peek to your column in the Jan Feb issue. You know, that was one that popped up as artificial intelligence playing a big role in the pet industry. And Candace is going to talk about that more in Jan Feb. Awesome. All right. So as we wrap it up here, what's next for Pets Plus in 2024? We have a huge year ahead of us. We have our, like I said, we have our Jan Feb issue that we're working on now, closing before Christmas. Um, so we have six print issues next year. Like I mentioned, we are in print. We will always be in print. We have 12 sample boxes. I think I mentioned that as well, which two of them being double for trade shows. We are super excited. We announced last month that we are the media partner for the, the WPA for SuperZoo. So you all have seen me running around like a crazy person at the trade shows. I will just be that roadrunner road runner blur at this point, popping around and covering the show like crazy and getting brand interviews and sending all that content back to the people at the show and at home. So we're excited. We are continue, continuing to grow and continuing to establish that we are the leading trade publication in the pet industry and the most beloved. And again, as I mentioned, we are, we are that because of our readers. Yeah, 100%. It's a beautiful magazine. I'm, I'm really excited too for what you have coming up in 2024. And I look forward to contributing more columns and I guess being you know part of next year's survey. <laughs> yes, we already gave you a title and I've ordered your business card. So <laughs> yeah, I'll let my team know. Yeah. All right. Well, where can our listeners find more information about your magazine and the survey? So petsplusmag.com slash big survey 2023 is where you can find the digital version of that lead package. You can also get our Digimag. So petsplusmag.com slash Digimag. If you like to read, if you like to look at it as what it looked like in print, uh, you can do that there as well. And then if you want to sign up, so you're for sure to get the 
Pets Plus 2024 survey. That's petsplusmag.com slash subscribe. And then, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to be part of the crazy successful sample box program, that's petsplusmag.com slash sample box. Awesome. And we will link to all of those in our show notes uh, for this, for this episode. Now the final question, I love to end all my interviews with this and it's what does boss in your business mean to you? So I, I, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I immediately knew the answer to this. I didn't really think about it much, maybe because I've just, we've been talking about this for since 2017. I don't know if people really know. I mentioned that Pets Plus is part of Smartwork Media, which is a small group publishing company. We have seven trade publications across a variety of different industries. And so we are a small business. So when people talk about small businesses, we that we really take that to heart because we are less than, gosh, probably less than 50 people in the United States and, and around the world. Our wonderful designer is based in Amsterdam. So for me as a small business, not owner, I still feel ownership. I feel ownership of the Pets Plus brand, of the magazine, of all the products that we put out, whether it's for our readers or for our advertisers. So I think that's what it means to me. If you're bossing your business, you're taking ownership and responsibility of it and working just to be better at it tomorrow than you were today. That That's what that means to me. That's a great answer. I love that. That's great. This might be my, one of my favorite ones. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Well, Pam, thanks so much for being here on this episode. We finally have the first one under our belts together. And I there was so much that we shared. I know that we could keep talking for hours and hours about <laughs> how, how independent pet business owners can improve their businesses. Listeners, definitely check out all of the, the show notes. You can link to all this stuff. And Pam, I know I'll see you very soon in one of our groups. (laughs) Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. And we're so excited to talk to not just our readers through this channel, but to maybe get some new readers from your audience. Yeah. Awesome. I hope so too. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your night and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Boss Your Business podcast by Pet Boss Nation, your go-to resource for pet business owners and pet industry professionals. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many others. Your subscription, which is totally free to this podcast, ensures that you never miss an episode packed with insights and tips and stories and strategies to help your pet business grow. And I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review and rate the podcast because your feedback means a lot to what you love most about the show and it helps others in the pet industry discover this resource and if you know somebody who could benefit from the information that we share here don't keep it a secret please consider sharing it with them we're better together and we can help build a thriving community of pet business owners and professionals in so many local communities and if you want more including links to the show notes or exclusive freebies and content that we provide then make sure you visit petboss.com. That's where we have all kinds of goodies for you to grow your pet business and hang out with us on social too. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all by visiting Pet Boss Nation. Once again, thanks so much for being part of our Pet Boss community. And until next time, keep bossing your business.